Welcome to Between Data and Risk podcast. Today we'll be comparing data strategies in practice versus the theory that's marketed to businesses with our guest, Liz Henderson, the data queen. Stay tuned. If you're a business owner or senior manager, you probably had more than enough about all the wonderful opportunities awaiting you in the era of digitalization. Whether it is big data, cloud, data science, or whatever buzzword is currently trendy. If you would like to hear someone dissecting these claims and showing you what it actually takes to improve business processes, you're in the right place. This is Between Data and Risk, where we discuss real-life examples of what works and what doesn't in the world of business operations. Hi, I'm Artur Goya, Cognition Shared Solutions Chief Risk and Strategy Officer, and with me is my co-host, your friendly neighborhood data guy, Dr. Marian Siwiak. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to this episode of Between Data and Risk. Today, we're excited to have with us our guest, Liz Henderson, the Data Queen, Executive Advisor at Capgemini, former Chief Data and Analytics Officer at NHBC, uh, to discuss with us how to become data-driven and uh, data strategies in practice versus the theory that's uh, marketed to businesses. Hello, Liz. Hi, good to meet you, both. Oh, we're excited uh, so, to be here. Uh, Liz, you, you write your, uh, your blog, uh, The Data Queen, and you, you, you have uh, some great articles on, uh, on, on various uh, approaches to data strategies, data transformation, um, data mesh, data fabric. Uh, Marian is uh, an author of uh, yes, <laughs> an author of a, of the first practical uh, handbook on on the implementation of data mesh. So, uh, can you give us kind of your view on on what it is uh, to to be data driven for a company, and you know where 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 should they start? Okay, so yeah, we get a lot of companies saying. We want to be data driven but that's all they say it's kind of like what does that mean to you what are you going to do what are you going to achieve what does that mean to your people what do you want them to do differently on a monday morning when they come in compared to the friday when they left so my pushback whenever anybody comes to me and say we want to be data driven can you help us why what do you want to do what's the question or the problem you're trying to solve what is the answer because just being data-driven is just that theoretical kind of woolly blue sky, just hanging onto those, I was going to say horrible data words, but they're not horrible data words. They're just <laughs> thrown around a lot, aren't we? we? Unfortunately, in the data industry, we have a lot of words and we just toss them around like they don't mean anything or they're very valuable. But actually, everybody has a complete interpretation of each word of what it means. I remember a long time ago, back in my early data career, and there was a lot about data science. And I started off being a business analyst. I knew how to do the analytics stuff. But when they started talking data science, I like panicked. I was like, what is this? I don't understand it. It's a black box. <laughs> I clearly don't know anything about data. But then when I started to unpick it, yeah, it's just nice, fancy words that people like to, to use in the data industry. It's I, I I must I must I'm, I'm, I must chime in a little because let's say I, I started as a scientist and when I first heard about data science it was oh it's finally something for for me because I've been applying uh, as an example I I, I used uh, software for modeling uh, 
let's say molecular pathways in uh, metabolic pathways in in cells to to model um, supply chain. So I said, oh, finally, there is a field where people like me who who have a deep background in science and they want to move into business, they will have a, a spot. Very soon after, uh, they started data science courses everywhere. Everybody could become a data scientist within within a day. And when you talk about these buzzwords thrown around, it's it's dilution of meaning, which I I was saying very soon after the the term appeared. I was saying like, Jesus, the data science will not be data science anymore very soon. It will be just a buzzword which will scare people off because th- this promise cannot be delivered. And as much as I respect uh, data analytics, machine learning specialists, and uh, like there are words that describe what people do, why suddenly try to make everyone a data scientist? We don't need so many data scientists. Data science is it's not data science. People stopped, stopped using so what you said. Like, okay, I, I checked what it is, and it's just data analytics in a different wrap, wrapping. While initially it was thought about, you know, scientific method applied to business problems. And I think it's the same problem with, with uh, data. You, you, you are too wanted to fight. Um, I think it's the same, <laughs> the, the same with, with data mesh, which started as some, some idea. And now it was so overused on so many different fronts that it doesn't really, when you disagree with data mesh, it's not that you're disagreeing with data mesh usually because the meaning of data message is somewhere, somewhere there behind the camera. Nobody can see it. Sorry. So, so, so when, 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 Liz, when you get approached and, and, and people <coughs> say, oh, we, we, want, we want to be data-driven, and you ask them why, uh, kind of people, people I, I know we, we've worked with companies that, that have no idea. They just, they just want because apparently it's good for profit, so they want it, right? <laughs> uh, but what answer would you ideally expect? What answer would you want to hear? There's one organization which blew me away when I said why. And they gave me a fully formed answer about customer personalization. They really got it. I was like, wow, you really know what you're doing. But most of the time, (laughs) it is kind of, well, we just want to be data driven. We want to do things with data. Okay. And for me, it's the five whys of data. Drilling down into the why. So, for example, it could be, okay, why do you want to be data-driven? Well, we need to cut costs. Okay, at least we're getting somewhere now. We're starting to pin down on something realistic. Is there a specific area you want to cut costs? Oh, well, we could look at logistics. Okay, and you're kind of going down that funnel. What's going Mm -hmm. on in logistics? Where do you think your extra costs are coming from? What's happening? What's the challenge? Oh, our lorries don't go out fully stocked or we've always got stock left on the um, loading bay because we can't fit it on the lorry. Okay, well, these are some key fast-moving products that we need to look at. And you can start to pin it down into a handful of products that you need to look at for the data quality or the size of the lorries on the system. And at least then you've got a direction. And most importantly, you can measure the progress because if you don't Mm -hmm. measure what you're doing how do you prove it's successful i've actually got a client that spoke to me very recently and they're actually looking to challenge whether they need their analytics platform any longer i'm like (laughs) okay that's an interesting question why do you think you don't want it and we're yet to have more detailed conversations but measuring the value of what you do with data is so critical and again it comes back to data mesh okay i want data mesh why Why? what are you going to do with it who's driving it is it that 
IT want that new shiny toy they think can be amazing for the business, which is a majority of people or customers. Um, but what? how are you going to prove it's successful? What it's, are you going to do when you've implemented Data Mesh? Who's going to use it? And I've also got a client that I'm not going to mention any names about my clients. No, 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 don't. No, 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 no. Of course. We would have to beep I, them I, and we try not to beep anything. So please. I'm getting into so much trouble because I'm critical. Um, and these are not all current clients, to be fair. Got a client who wanted to do data mesh. They've been doing it for about a year. Got some data engineers in. And they're starting to make a really good pipeline of data. However, nobody's using it. Mm -hmm. Because they've never actually connected with the business. They took Which the is old not data mesh. No. They took the old style approach of we'll build it and they'll come. Mm -hmm. A year later, they've got their data engineers burning money, just sitting there with mm -hmm. their feet up. Well, what are we supposed to do now? The business are not telling us what data we want to put in the, the data mesh or data products we want to build. So what do we have to do? And I, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's the people side. In our book, we, we, we have, I think, full chapter about for whom it is and for whom it isn't. It's critical to understand that Data mesh is costly and not for everyone. You need to have complex data users, complex data sources. There are much better, cheaper solutions for 90% of cases. I personally, for me, it's the same as, with, as I said with data science. Everybody wants to have data mesh. But data mesh is a socio-technological platform. If you don't start with connecting business with data people, then even if you start with doing it, you don't need anything else, probably. Most of the problems will be solved in if you are not a giant which which has too many people and not enough uh, too many business people and not enough data people to, to serve but in most of the cases it's enough that people start talking to each other that's that's my that's my experience it's uh, it's not about technology treating data mesh as a technological solution i'm i'm with you i'm on your bar side of the barricade let's let, let's tear <laughs> down this name let, let's let, let's stop using this name because the the, the core idea is People need to work together, data people and business people. Liz, you wrote an article on uh, how 80% uh, of the success with data is about people and then only 10% is about technology and 10% mm -hmm. about the, the, the processes itself, right? This is... Absolutely. And just going back to the, what um, Marion was saying on the data mesh, it is. Every time I hear it, all I see is technology solutions. And data mesh for me is 100%, well, I say 100%, probably 90%, people focused, organizational focused. Mm -hmm. You might have the technology already in your business that allows you to do it, but focus on the people. And that's why I got so excited when I heard about data mesh. It's like, oh, we're going to focus on the people. We're going to yes. get the right people, the business taking ownership for the data. <laughs> and that to me excites me so much that yes. we're really doing the right thing with the data, with the right people. And that's how we wrote our book. It's about, yeah. we have the whole chapter about connecting, talking to people. The data mesh is reduced to a git with a single CSV file, but it's a data mesh. It's about selecting people, making them, them work together, taking ownership and responsibility. This is, this is all that, 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 that made me actually jump onto data meshes. Yes, this is, this is something which is worth, uh, let's say, writing a book about. Uh, but... Uh, so 
So, so why it's is hard. It, why is it then so misunderstood? Because it's it's the second time we we have an episode. I'm, I'm referring to the previous episode we had about AI with with Sue Tripathi, uh, where where we discuss pretty much on the in the same vein that AI is is misunderstood. Here it 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 kind of uh, turns out the data strategies are misunderstood. Uh, there, there's one thing is the theoretical concept, which is great, and and people jump on it and really, really excited about. It. And then in practice, it it all boils down to the to the same kind of uh, you know uh, monkeys with wrenches and 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 trying to 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 do you know every bash everything into into submission. Why why is it that that there's so so much this distance between theory and practice? Interesting point. I was just thinking, you, you say Marion and I are going to have a fight over our different views. This is the second data mesh discussion where the host has said you're going to have a fight and actually we end up agreeing on everything. I think data's grasped by IT. And I say grasped as in the, the hype words. Clunged. Yeah, that's <laughs> good, good, good word. <laughs> IT, because the business do whatever the business do, they don't always recognize their own data. So they're a bit late coming to the party, no fault of their own sometimes, and sometimes they're not. But I think IT are out there going after these shiny bullets, and that's why everything gets presented in an IT lens, because it's the IT, the, the CIO, the CTO that comes to consultants or goes to conferences and said, I'm interested in data mesh. I was at a chief data officer conference a few months back with a colleague who was a software provider and just standing there watching all the conversations with this software provider. There were so many people coming to her asking, do you have a data mesh solution? Do you have a data fabric solution? As though it's just a magic box, you just plug it into your solution, magic is done. God, I wish data was like that, but we all know <laughs> doing anything with data is immensely challenging. And I think that's another thing around this. They, they try and go after these silver bullets that they think are quick wins. There is no such thing as a quick win anywhere in the world for anything, never mind data. So maybe it, you know, just, just an idea that occurred to me, maybe it would be worth writing another book, which is a proper dictionary of you know, you have two pages, you know, you have a, 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 a um, kind of a word or a phrase at the top and you have one page for the IT people and one page for the business people and they can they can read from their own perspectives what it actually means and then meet somewhere in the middle because it seems like the business people, they've heard about data mesh and they, they, they don't really or very often don't want anything to do with it because it sounds like more work distracting them from their business goals. And IT people just want it, but they don't want it to solve the problem. They want it because it's new, it's shiny, and it's going to give them a, a new line on CV. I've done data mesh. I actually love that way of doing it. The word, actually, I'll add, I'll add another column because you could have the word, the IT version, the business version, and the value down the middle, what the organization gets from it. Wow. That's... Uh, come on, we're, we're going to a publisher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, you should you know, add, add crayons to it. 
It was yes, just for the CTOs and ah. CDOs, the box of crayons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, so we've got we've got the consultants obviously who are then interested in pushing this down everyone's throat because it it brings them business, right? Uh, but look, looking from a consultant's point of view, if I go to a client and I sell them something that doesn't work, it it reflects badly on me. So how can I? You know, how can I justify to a company that I'm selling them data mesh where they don't really need data mesh? How how can I kind of make it at least seem to work? I presented on that question a short while ago because that was my concern that you get a client saying we want data mesh, you go and implement a data mesh in whatever form that takes. And a bit like the example I shared earlier, 12 months later zero adoption or low level adoption, does the client come back to the consultancy organization and say, you failed, it's not working, or can you help us with the adoption? It either increases your revenue by let's do something around culture, um, literacy, increase adoption, or it damages your reputation by saying, well, nobody's using it, it didn't work, we're not going to use that consultancy again. And I don't know which way clients would go, maybe they go both ways. It's really pinning down what it is they're trying to achieve. Because, okay, they want data mesh, but what do they want to do with it? What are they trying to solve? Okay, let's have some data products, which I think is great because if you've got, I don't know, say customer services taking ownership for their customer data, they build, you put, set a pod up of people that have the expertise to build a data product, you make sure that. They understand the quality needs, et cetera, et cetera. So you end up with this product of customer data that's trusted, is usable, and is used by other people in the business. So, for example, somebody could be doing analysis between financial data and customer data, see when customers go into debt. And that then starts to have use. But unless you have that use case to say, this is what we're going to do with the data, or this is the idea of we want a data mesh because we want to create product on finance, a product on customers because we want to look at debt. But then actually the question is, you've got things in your business now, in your data warehouse to be able to do that. Why do you want all this extra expense? Where's the benefit and what are you going to get out of that you spend three million pounds implementing data mesh and changing the organization? Are you going to get that back? I'm not saying data mesh is a bad thing but it needs to be seriously thought through where the benefits are. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I, 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 as I said, we, we, our co-author, Dr. Sven Balnoyan, he, we had a long discussion about the def definition of data mesh. And he was a propon proponent of, of the idea that if you have decentralization of ownership and at least one of the four principles, then you can start Talking about data mesh, which we thought is a bit on the extreme side, but that's that's uh, that's how we approach. Like data mesh should solve problems, and it's not about for sure technology. But even on this on this organizational side, it's not about getting things uh, yeah, structured in a different way. It's about getting problems solved, and with business people taking 
ownership of data, we are responsible for identifying this, this value of data, describing the data, so it can be used to solve problems. You know, it's uh, I should oil my you know hinge, not nodding hinge on my neck. I, I I feel the rust peeling off. Just you know, listening to you. <laughs> There, 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 there's so much agreement. I love it, but uh, it, it's it it then kind of brings into question the 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 kind of the rise of of of, of data mesh recently because we we've seen we've seen so many kind of uh, cases where where clients are they claim to have data mesh or or they they claim to want data mesh. Uh, it's 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 really you know like a, a solution that is looking for a problem, and uh, you know it's. Uh, it seems to me like maybe maybe it's because it has a name. It is it has actually a definition, and people are looking for for a, a, a way where they can they can go to their stakeholders and say we're doing something, and it has a name, it has a definition, and it may it it maybe will solve our problems. But the alternative is doing nothing or doing the same old thing, which doesn't have a name. So it really is like you know grasping grasping for something. Uh, what what is the alternative? That's a really good point, actually, because you've got your board probably shouting at you saying, we need to do something with our data. Everybody else is doing it. We need a competitive advantage. What are we doing? Oh, we're doing data mesh. And your CEO sits back down. He's happy that something's happening. So that's that's I like that. And that probably is a lot of the responses of why it's going on. But what is the answer? Well, the answer really is, I, I've got five examples here that I was sh that shared with me in the last few weeks of organizations not doing data properly. So moving from Oracle to SAP without a data plan, implementing ERP, not looking after the data, ending up with a toxic swamp and not being <laughs> able to report on it. Inventory management systems being implemented without even considering what the data needs to look like or planning how it's going to be corrected for the new system. Um, questioning whether we need an analytics platform and can we just shelve it? And then implementing data governance and data mesh without thinking about the people side of it. So you've got that lack of adoption. And that's only come to me in the last couple of weeks. How many more challenges out there are there? And if organizations are going through all of these exciting data mesh or exciting implementations of whatever they're doing. And then 12, 18 months, it's like, oh, we've got a problem. It, it's kind of like, why are we doing this to ourselves? So for me, let's start small. Start small. What's the first problem you've got to sort out? Go back to the logistics example. The shops are not getting the stock on time. Okay, let's work backwards to find out why and what the process is, who's involved in the process, the people side, the data, and lastly, look at the technology. Let's solve one problem at a time because we don't need to go out there and do wholesale um, architecture changes to do things better with data. You can just start small, one department, one data set, one problem, and start to generate that momentum I always think about it, you throw a pebble into a pond, and you get the ripples. Start with the first ripple. What is that first challenge you're going to solve that gives you the most benefit to the organization, is medium effort, but is small enough and compact enough to be able to do in a short space of time between three and six months 
And then you can shout about it to the business to get your next pot of money to prove and just build on it. I, I just find that so simple in theory, but it, it appears so difficult to actually just be sensible and logical. What, what you're saying, it reminds me the story of our company where we started as a pure data science company. I was telling this story a couple of times uh, here. It's, uh, we started as a data science company. We're developing some, some data science solutions, or, or, but actually that back then we were developing predictive models, not data science solutions because data is not a buzzword yet. We were going to, to our clients and we were saying, okay, so w what's the next thing that we will do with you? And they were saying, oh, we were waiting for ROI. And we were like, you know, according to our cal calculations, you should get your ROI like three, five times over already. So what's, what's the problem? And we realized that the models were just not implemented. We developed them, but they, the business, as, you, as we said multiple times, they didn't adopt it. So we started with helping with process planning so to learn where in the process, who will, should use it. What are the decisions that should be informed with this model? And then it ticked. And then it, we started getting, getting much better traction because people were, even, you know, in my personal opinion, when we had discussion about AIs and, and stuff, like for me, a good old linear regression is in 99% of cases absolutely sufficient for most of the data users. If you have the correct data, you understand the data, you have a person that will be using this data. Usually it's enough that they see the, the linear regression and, and they can make informed decisions. You don't need advanced AI-driven technology marvel. Yeah, most, most of the calculations that, that, that we do is simple division, divide A, A by B, and, and you know, you, you suddenly you have an answer which opens everyone's eyes, right? But it's yeah. about understanding it. But... I, I want to go back to something that you said, Liz, about a, 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 a case that uh, that you had where the client didn't didn't really want uh, or were questioning the value of the analytics platform, right? The uh, the the data man, many many people see data as uh, measuring the value of various points in the business, various processes in the business, and here maybe the the the, the clients kind of. I know that the sentiment maybe was going too far, but the, 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 the core of it, the core of the problem is pointing the, the analytics back at itself and asking how much is this analytics worth for me and doing a meta-analytics on the analytics platform asking, you know, is the money that we're spending on it really worth it? So maybe that the sentiment is really there. It's exactly what we've been discussing since the start. People should ask why and then measure how much the value the analytics actually brings. Yeah, there's the old saying, isn't there? If we, well, oh, I've lost it. Um, think about it. Oh, there we go. It only gets done if you measure it, that kind of thing. Not the, quite the right word. <laughs> what gets measured gets done. That's it. Mm -hmm. And so few organizations actually measure what they're doing. They might have their monthly reports, their board reports with things in around finance, but do they actually really measure other key things in the business to justify what they're doing and whether it's the right thing and it's the right measure? So adoption for systems, quality of data, they might be measuring the quality of data, but is it measuring it right? How many reports do they have? I worked in one organization that had about 20 people accessing the report system. They had about 8,000 reports. They didn't realize they had 8,000 reports because nobody was looking at them. 
and there was no governance around the reports, the structure, the format, even the look and feel from an organization. There was no consistency. And to go through and start to think about the information governance around managing those reports was just a mammoth task in itself. But you just need to be measuring these things and understanding how many have we got, how much time, money, effort. And then actually data stuff, because I use the word stuff because there's so much in there, becomes <laughs> a no-brainer because it, you save so much money if you're doing it right. But I think the challenge is so many organizations just dive straight in, oh, silver bullet one, silver bullet two, whatever they might be at the time. And then things don't work out as they expected. I've heard a few times in the last year, well, why should we do this now? What's going to be different? We've spent lots of money, time and effort, and it didn't work last time. Why will it be any different this time? So, But that question will be asked by the business, right? It yes. will not be asked by the IT people, it will be asked by the business. Yeah, and, and you're fighting, whatever you do with data, you're fighting against a brick wall. It's almost fighting against water. You're trying to push water uphill all the time because people have had so many bad experiences with data initiatives. It's oversell. It's, uh, we, we had it again, we, we discussed it uh, when we spoke about AI. It's like marketing driven. You're fighting not against the real actual derivable value of data. You're fighting about, uh, uh, with the exp overinflated expectations built by, by, by the marketing. I have a question which I love to ask all the data people, your opinion, because you, you, you said uh, about this analytics platform, what's your take on, on self-serve analytics? Oh, that's a challenging one. <sighs> yes. Ah, I'm very analytical, so I'm like, give them the data. I couldn't survive mm -hmm. in my early career without playing with data. Um, I think some people are going to like it, some people are not. But the key to self-serve analytics is data literacy. And a lot of organizations just think, oh, yeah, we just teach people how to use the tools. That's not what data literacy is about. For me, data literacy is about giving people the capability, not just in the tools, but also the thinking. So it's giving them the capability, be confident with the data and be curious and be able to challenge it. So if I unpack that, it's giving them the beliefs, the, the behaviors, the understanding of what data means to the business, the kind of data we use, where it starts, where it flows through the business, how it changes in it. I mean, data's a bit of a mystery. It changes as it flows through the business. It suddenly gets, starts off really neat and tidy sometimes and gets corrupt. And understanding that flow. And if they understand where the data comes from and how it's used, they then hopefully will be more confident when they look at it on a dashboard. Oh, okay, that, that looks right. Or be curious about, oh, maybe that doesn't look right because that looks different to last month. Have that confidence to be curious and not just say, oh, yes, yeah, the dashboard must be right. I must, I've got to do X, Y, and Z now just because the dashboard said so. The computer and said also, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then have that curiosity, the art of the possible. Oh, this is telling me that. I wonder if I combine with this data with that data. I wonder what I'll get or I'll may maybe be able to answer this question or do some extra things for this client or this customer. And that, for me, is where the self-serve analytics comes from. If you're giving people those 
or that confidence and the capability to be curious, they then want to play with the data. Now, it's setting those guardrails to make sure they can only do certain things and we can't all access the CEO's salary, for example, and start playing around with everybody's salaries because that might be Mm. more fun than we're allowed at work. (laughs) (laughs) But if they understand, I thought you were putting your hand over your eyes, Arthur is just kind oh, my God. Actually, I, I was I was just scratching my eye, but yes. <laughs> and I think it's progression. We can't have everybody being literate and everybody doing self-serve tomorrow. It takes time, and we're going to need to take time to teach people the right behaviours, beliefs, and skills to be able to do things themselves. And some people won't want to, and that's fine. In one of the recent episodes, we talked about forming data communities and, uh, you know, having those, those ambassadors who enable the community and, and teach other people data literacy, uh, you know, f- form, form this kind of uh, almost a hub of, 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 of knowledge that's available and then other people can, can be brought, to, brought along on the data journey. Because... Data, data is it's 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 kind of pernicious, right? Everyone when you know knows data when they see it. It's a, it's a number usually somewhere, and uh, that number is stored. It has some meaning, and it's like everyone understands it, but no one really understands so, it. Right? I would I would say it's fifty percent. The other fifty percent is a chart on a PowerPoint, which is even you know immovable, and the data is this chart. That's the data. Yeah, and as long as it goes up, it's fine. Yeah, if it goes like down, a, it's wrong. Yeah, yeah but if, it, if it's cost and costs are going up, then maybe we need to challenge that. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's too complex already. That's going too complex. All right. <laughs> crayons, who shows, crayons. Who shows? Who shows? Who, who shows the rising cost? It's usually then split into you know. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll, million. we'll hide that away. Nobody needs yeah. to see that. Put that back under the rug. Exactly. <laughs> So, 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 what you know? Because we 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 always want to be practical. Uh, what what do we do, then do? We go to a client and we 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 tell them we want to do something simple that will give you immediate value. It will not cost you the world. It will not take three years to implement, and no one will use. It. We we want to implement something very simple that will take I don't know maybe days, maybe weeks, and we'll show you that it it brings value. Is is that the kind of the concept that we want to promote with data literacy? With yes. the deriving the, the data literacy and the, the deriving value, we are talking about because okay, uh, Arthur, our problem is that we are also a consultancy. We are talking about perspective of the managers. So I am a manager in a big corporation, and I would like to be more data driven. And instead of going and Shout! I want to be a data-driven. That's the approach that that that, that I think Arthur wants to. Uh, Arthur wants without. Without. I when you talk about communities, discourage. I... <laughs> 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 when you talk about communities, I think of super users. Is a term I've used in the past. Okay. You you have super users in different areas of the business, and you give them the skills be able to coach and guide and support people and at least then i've got a problem so fred in the corner oh i've got a problem sarah can you help me he's more likely to go to sarah who's a super user in his team than joseph in the far off reaches of the business who he's never met before he doesn't know what they look like or he'll probably just say oh fred you're being stupid 
or that's Fred's concern. Obviously, Joseph would never do that, and we know that, but Fred wouldn't think that. So having many super users is my preferred option rather than communities, because communities for me strike up the, oh, we'll all get together and talk about things every week or every month. And after a couple of meetings, well, what's the point of going to that meeting? Because those two people always take all the airtime because they're chatting about whatever they want to chat about. And I just sit there and, yeah, I just get on with my emails. And you start to reduce the numbers because people are not getting the engagement. They're not getting the, the value out of the meeting. That's why I always get concerned about communities. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting point. It's it's kind of what what I what I what I meant by having ambassadors, so mm. people who actually drive yeah. the community, people who have the knowledge, have the literacy, but also, and this is I think I think very important with selecting the super users ambassadors, they have the mentality uh, that enables them to teach effectively and share that knowledge, because you don't want kind of one 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 man show superstars who have the knowledge and like to do everything themselves and you know. Yeah, okay, they, they can do it, but no one else can. You want people who are actually able to, to do the knowledge management that's necessary to spread it. Absolutely agree. I actually prefer ambassadors. That's a nicer data ambassador is a much nicer term, isn't it? I love that. Also, also when we spoke about the communities, it's, when we spoke with, with Rabbit Jane, it, my understanding was it's not about getting everybody in the business to, to, to invite them to this data, data communities. It's about place where these ambassadors can talk to each other, learn from each other. So the data community is the community for these ambassadors, embassy, the data embassy. The United where, Nations of data. Uh, so so, so this, this is what we thought about the community. We don't believe that everybody should participate in weekly data meetings. Uh, I've seen such such mm. approaches and yeah. they usually fail badly because people felt that they are wasting their time. They were either too simple for half of the people or too detailed for the other half. There is no, no way to, to, to satisfy everybody and it's a waste of time for at least half of them. But, but the, the space where people from different business areas, they can talk about what they encountered and this cross-pollination is actually quite valuable. Uh, when people realize that, you know, oh, I was dealing with this data. Oh, you actually have this data. I've been looking for it for the last 20 months or something. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, an actual story where people were looking for data for 20 months in the company. And it was there all the time. So so now to kind of take a, a grenade and, and throw it into the into the or hornet's nest. Uh, uh, yeah, if you build this kind of uh, data community with super users or ambassadors, where they get together and they talk about data, don't you then get a kind of a federated data governance, which brings you closer to data mesh? <laughs> That's a massive leap, I think. <laughs> 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 I think federated is the type of organization that people should be aiming for, or the structure organization, because you've got the, the central experts of um, senior people that understand governance and quality and management and et cetera, et cetera. And if all the other areas around, all the other business areas have got someone they can go to for help, I always think about it as the 
central information point. It's your central information desk, like you get in a shopping centre. We'll go to the information mm -hmm. desk and we'll ask the questions we need to. They set the standards, the policies. And then you've got all the business areas, and it is a data mesh organisational focus, all the business areas with their expertise. That's exactly what everybody should be going towards. And I can't see how any other model would work. I mean, I'm free to be challenged on that, but... Not by us. <laughs> I, I specifically asked the question this kind of slightly provocative way because I, I, I wanted to, 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 to see how you react if, if people basically create this kind of almost federated governance, but maybe on an informal level, and then start claiming that they're going the data mesh way because they have a, a data community of super users who convene and federate on on. on on data, I agree. It's 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 a it's a very distant distant leap, and uh, shouldn't be confused one with another. But I'm, I'm I can almost see people making that leap for market like personal marketing. It stuff. was a rocket propelled grenade that you threw. <laughs> I, th I think I'd like to have data ambassadors. I love that word now. I'm always going to use it instead of super users. Um, but actually, are understanding data sufficiently well and have the right mindset that they wouldn't just grab at words and say, look, we're doing data mesh. I'm a data mesh expert because yeah, data mesh is a bit more than that, as you and I all know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know, they, they, they provide, so they don't, they don't really bring people to them to teach them about data. They offer the, the knowledge and the expertise and people who, they they don't require people to attend weekly meetings. They they just offer the knowledge. If you need something, we're here. So the company needs to they still provide some kind of framework to advertise this capability and and promote the ambassadors who are then going to promote the data literacy. Absolutely. I, I, say, I think that what you describe is far, 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 far short, like grenade sniper. Uh, People are taking bits and bobs, like when you have data community, uh, to, for it to be a federated governance, you would need to add data ownership level and divide the two. So I, I think there is a, this risk that people will take bits and bobs and say, oh, now we have a data mesh. And that's why data mesh is so oversold and over, 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 overhyped and mis misunderstood. So. It's it's the same risk as with data te technology, treating data mesh as a technology. It's also, okay, so we have this data community and people from different levels talking, so it's data mesh. And where is value in that? Especially if those people talk to themselves and not to the business. If they are not really data ambassadors, if they are super users, they can do what they want with data, but they are not ambassadors, they're not for the people. Uh, that's, that's, that, that's my thinking uh, and my worry about uh, yeah, this overextension. Yeah. Okay, so data mesh uh, kind of on one side, and that's a complex, massive solution that is has very specific use cases. Shouldn't be done for uh, just for, for, for buzzword sake, right? It has very specific requirements, very specific uh, kind of needs, tenets that need to be followed. Uh, we're promoting 
data ambassadors and data literacy and doing clear business value things with data rather than doing things with data that maybe will bring value someday, right? So start with why, start with business needs and then use data to fulfill business needs rather than the other way around, right? So that's that's kind of the, the, the takeaway that we want the listeners to yeah, absolutely, to, to, to absolutely. Left with. And don't forget to measure what you're doing. Benchmark it and measure it to prove success. Yeah, even if it's just dividing, you know, the 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 amount of money Co-co- you spend on it by the by the money you you, you earned received from it, and uh, and that yeah. that's enough, you know. The, I, I mean, this I think this is a, a great place to to kind of to to wrap it up. Uh, Liz, your your you, I know that you have way more on your on your website, so I will uh, kind of we will put in the in the link to the episode in the description of the episode a link to your your blog, which has some some great articles. Thank you. Um, is there any 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 other place where you publish or some other kind of uh, resources that you want to share with people? Um, only just my LinkedIn profile. All my blog posts get posted on my LinkedIn profile as well, except they go on the, my website um, first. So they get on there a few days before they go on LinkedIn. So yeah, feel free to either message me via my website or message me on LinkedIn. And you've you've done some some other appearances as well on 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 podcasts, so uh, people can can look at that and uh, listen to some some of the uh, incredible things you say. Thank you very much for uh, uh, sharing uh, your ideas with us today. And uh, as usual, let's hope it was of use to someone. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about how to make data relatable on Liz's blog, The Data Queen, at lizhendersondata.wordpress.com. You can also contact Liz via LinkedIn. As usual, all links to the references will be available in the notes to the episode. Also, don't miss the next one, where we will be talking about change management or how to introduce changes into businesses effectively and with minimum disruption and make them stick. Our guest will be Steve Barrows, CBE, Chief Executive Officer at B2 Barrows. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or visit bdr.show to find out more about future episodes and guests. You can also check out cognition.llc for more information on Cognition Shared Solutions, our services, and other events hosted by us. For now, it's thank you from myself, your friendly neighborhood data guide, Dr. Marian Siwiak, and my co-host, Artur Buja. Thank you. <laughs>